Welcome to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I am your host, Donovan Place. I am joined here by my co-hosts, Benjamin and Colin Hansel. On today's episode, we are going to be discussing the last couple of weeks of the NFL. Um, we're going to be discussing the baseball playoff race with one week left in the season. Uh, we're also going to have a little fantasy, stardom, uh, bench, uh, maybe a couple waiver wires out there. Uh, we're also going to bring up college football, a lot to unpack. Uh, we're going to see the best we can. Boys, how was the week? Fantastic. Fantastic week of football. Captain. I, I, don't, I don't know if you saw it, but I tweeted out, this potentially was the best week of football ever. I definitely put it up there. Are college just, football. Okay, so including college football. Then I can college do- football, NFL. There was a lot of good games in college, uh, a lot of upsets. I'm mostly speaking about my school, Bowling Green State. Shout out. Fuck Minnesota. Sink the boat. Uh, NC State beat Clemson for, like, the first time in ever. Um, what, they were, what other? There, uh, there were a lot of good games on Saturday for a slate when you just looked at it. There wasn't a lot of big, like, ranked-on-ranked matchups. But that's what led to it being so good because there were so many updates. You already mentioned the NC State Clemson game. Minnesota went down, even though they're not ranked, they still should have won that game. Uh, Oklahoma, West Virginia. West Virginia is unranked, and they took Oklahoma down to the wire. Oklahoma did not lead for any point in the game up until zero on the clock when they kicked the game winning field goal. So that was actually, I wasn't really looking forward to that ABC primetime game. And it turned in a good one between two Big 12 schools. So uh, it, it capped off a really good day of football. I believe Oregon played after that, and that game was kind of close to, like, the middle of the fourth quarter. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oregon's a, one of the top-ranked teams in the country, so that game staying close uh, was, was a good one as well. So it was great football Saturday, and it continued into Sunday. Uh, there's I didn't see a whole lot of, of the early games because I was tailgating in Minnesota before the Vikings game, but uh, obviously the Justin Tucker, the 66-yard the, the field goal for the win – there were, there were really good games all over the league at noon, and then it just continued in the afternoon. Vikings get their first win. Rams move to 3-0. And uh, the night game as well, which I, I, I wish 49ers hung on to that one, but it was, it was no shocker. I think the 49ers ran uh, a zone about as bad as you possibly can. Uh, their, their linebackers were playing way too far up and letting dudes get in behind them. But either way, it's, that was all Aaron Rodgers and uh, – Credit to him is, uh, yeah, that, that wrapped up a good weekend of football for sure. And then and Notre ended, Dame ended with a stinker on Monday Night Football. Yeah, that game sucked. Notre Dame and Wisconsin played a soldier. I don't know if you guys saw any of that, but neutral site game. And there's a lot of Irish fans there. Notre Dame pulled away in the fourth quarter. Very good win for them. Uh, it was like the, the Jack Cone, uh, the old Wisconsin transfer, is now playing at Notre Dame. So a little bit of a thing there and then Arkansas also had a very convincing win against A&M at Arkansas and they're up to now number eight in the rankings who would have thought yeah Arkansas looks legit um they play uh, they mentioned Georgia uh I think that's going to be a really good game this week I'm excited for that one because I think I think Georgia has a legit shot to knock off Alabama. I really do. If their yeah, defense I think, keeps honestly, playing like it does. Yeah. Georgia should be ranked number one right now based on how they've played with the Clemson win and 
I mean, they just held Vanderbilt is probably the worst FBS team, but they just held them to like 70 yards. Um, yeah, this will say a lot about both teams, I think. Oh, yeah. All right, what else we had? Yeah, Ben mentioned the Clemson upset. They're now out of the playoff picture in week four. That's insane. Uh, definitely missing Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne right now, still adjusting from those losses. And uh, Iowa State upset by Baylor. They're now out of the playoff picture. Buck State, uh, very happy. I didn't get to watch it because it was on during the Iowa game, but very happy Baylor pulled that one off. Uh, North Carolina, they were ranked. They lost to Georgia Tech. They're out. And, yeah, it was a very eventful Saturday. And I'm hoping we don't see an Iowa upset here in the next couple of uh, Friday night. Yeah, who does Iowa play? At Maryland. At Maryland. That should be, that should be decent. Friday night lights. They're both 4-0. I feel like it's a trap game. I'm very scared. But we win that one. We get a top five matchup against Penn State. Penn State's also been really good, which is kind of crazy because their coach was uh, rumored to, you know, be involved with that USC job. So uh, I think it's – I think that's kind of interesting. Obviously, now I don't think he'll go there. Um, But – you know, all in all, Penn State also looks really good, even with Ohio State losing early. I mean, if Penn State can run the table, they're they're in, and Ohio State's not. That was a school that started off, like, 0-4 last year, too, in the COVID year. Oh, yeah. I think it goes to show, like, you saw you saw that with a lot of schools, starting off slow, um, not getting any of those, like, out-of-conference games, um, not really, especially in the Big Ten, not being able to, like, practice much before the season started. So we're really seeing this year with, like, Michigan and Penn State and Iowa all starting off strong, unlike they did last year. I think that was an oh, example, yeah. too, of a couple of schools that were really impacted by no fans in the arena. We know uh, all three of those schools really have, have fantastic atmospheres when the crowds are sold out. We, we saw the, the whiteout game with Penn State a couple of weeks ago. Iowa's always had good fans, and they do the turn and wave thing to the hospital and the Michigan with, with the big house. So uh, – it's I, I, I definitely think that playing in front of an empty crowd and not having that sort of energy boost played a role, and we're seeing it because all three of them are now are now good again this year. Let's move on to NFL, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's move on to NFL. I think let's, let's do things a little different. Um, instead of going game by game, why don't we, since we didn't do it last week either, why don't we just go really quick team by team and just give us your thoughts where they're at where you think they're going and maybe some key guys to look out for how's that sound yeah you want to start off like some afc teams like some of the top yeah. AFC teams. yeah so let's uh let's go let's start with the afc east um buffalo obviously started out with a loss but the last two weeks their offense has clicked and they look great the thing I like the most is that their defense is back to the defense that was forcing turnovers. We were very low in forcing turnovers last year. and This year, we're now starting to get picks, get those interceptions that set up short field for Josh Allen to do his thing, man. And so far, I mean, he's been, he's been killing it. Bills, Bills looks fantastic on Sunday. And uh, it, 
after the whole kickoff incident where they just let it bounce up in the air and Washington recovered and then made it, I believe that made it 21 14 at the time. Uh, the Bills really just put their foot on the gas and ran away with that one. Josh Allen could not miss an open receiver. And it was good to see there. It's, it's not all the way balanced, but at least there's a little bit more semblance of a running game for them this year. And that's going to be big, especially in the playoffs because, uh, and in games when you're you're facing a really good secondary or Stefan Diggs and Emmanuel Snyder, the Cole Beasley aren't getting open every play, you're gonna need to take advantage of the defensive line and run the football and keep the other team's offense off the field. Oh yeah. And yeah, I'm sure you're I'm sure you're happy about their last couple of weeks, DP, because the Bills look like probably the most dominant team in the AFC right now. I mean, if you take out that what I think is a fluke loss against Pittsburgh. I agree. Especially with how Pittsburgh has looked the last couple of weeks. I think the Bills um, will run away with this division by about midseason. I think the Dolphins will turn stuff around, but uh, Buffalo is firing on all cylinders. Josh Allen looks like an MVP candidate again. And you're right, that defense looks uh, a lot better than maybe I expected it to at the beginning of the year. Oh, yeah. Uh, just real quick, the I think the real – biggest the biggest problem with that Steelers loss uh, in week one was because the offensive line was just so bad and we couldn't figure out how to stop a pass rush I was really concerned coming up against Washington which you can make the case they have one of if not the best pass rush in all of football with Chase Young and Montez Sweat um, which which was what let me to uh, bet Washington to actually cover the spread they had an eight and a half spread I had them covering, but um, yeah, uh, we, we were able to figure out, we were able to roll Josh out of the pocket. He was able to step up a lot, but you can play like that against a pass rush with our below average offensive line. I, it's going to be hard to stop Buffalo. And I must mention that um, my biggest question with that offense, well, I think everyone's biggest question is the run game. And uh, I mean, the offensive line, we'll see how it performs the rest of the year, but Singletary and Zach Moss have both looked better than I expected, better than they did last year. Oh, um, yeah. Moss only playing two games looked pretty good, especially in the last one. Yep. All right, let's move on to the next team, Miami, just because we mentioned them earlier. Uh, Tua didn't really look good to begin the year, but granted it was a, a game and a quarter uh, he played and Brissett played the rest, but I didn't like what I saw from two at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I didn't see a whole lot of the Dolphins game with Brissett under center because it was at the same time of the Vikings game and I was in Minnesota. I did catch the end of overtime as we were kind of heading out. But either way, it, it seemed like they were able to get some offense going late. They had, the, they had the drive down eight to tie it in the fourth quarter. So obviously that just doesn't happen on action. You need some sort of offensive talent. It, it, just looking at the stats, they targeted um, they targeted Jalen Waddle and Mike Gusecki a ton. I don't know if that was in the game plan, but they have other weapons on that offense. I'd like to then utilize more. Will Fuller was playing in his first game of the season, so maybe some rush there. I guess that's kind of expected. But I think if they want to compete in, in a good AFC East division now that they're starting to win two as well, they're going to need to open up the offense, and uh, I, I think that's going to be be big. Because if you're looking at the other two teams. I think 
the Patriots are, are probably a year or two away because I think Mac Jones is going to have some struggles and the Jets are horrible. We don't need to talk about the Jets for more than five seconds on this episode because they stink. And uh, so I, I really think it's – I was kind of high on the Patriots, but it might be more more of just a two-team race, especially after the Patriots are probably going to fall to one and three because they play Tampa this week. So Miami, if they want to if they want to keep themselves in it and go go for a chance at the division or a wild card, I think I need to open up the offense a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, their offense didn't look very good. And, I mean, I'm going to obviously give credit to the Raiders' defense for part of that. But um, still, they've only scored about 21 offensive points in the last two weeks combined. So, I mean, they got to figure something out. Is Tua the guy? I don't know. We may figure out when he comes back from his injury. Uh, their run game hasn't been that impressive. Uh you're right. I mean, they do have solid receivers, especially now with Will Fuller back. So I do expect it to improve as the year goes on, um, especially with rookie Jalen Waddle. I think him and Tua will work together well. Parker is still a solid receiver. It's just, I don't know. It looked like the Raiders made a couple like bad early mistakes and just the whole rest of the game, they definitely looked like the better team over Miami. So I don't know. Is this, maybe this isn't, as good as the 10 win team we saw last year, but there's still a lot of season left. Yep. I, I agree. Oh, well, I was, so I, uh, they oh. sh- probably should be 0 and 3 by now um, with the Damian Harris fumble. Oh, so. yeah. I, I, I was just not big on the guys they had in the roster. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't too high on Tua. I wasn't too high on. Uh, Miles Gaskin. I wasn't even too high on guys like Devontae Parker and Mike Gusecki. Jalen Waddle, I thought was going to be good for that offense. He can stretch the field. I just, I wasn't high on Miami. That's why in our preseason show, I had them missing the playoffs. And so far, they are proving me right. And I am a happy camper. All right. Next team, let's just move on to Jets. As Ben mentioned, not much to say. Zach Wilson, I wasn't high on. He's also proven me right. And Ben, I don't know if you're talking, but you're muted. Yeah, Jets think I, I, I don't I didn't even watch the game. I, I'm assuming Zach Wilson had multiple turnovers. And uh, who did they who did they play? Who did the Jets play this week? They the lost. Broncos, right? Yes. Okay, that was also another afternoon game. And they got shut out. It was like 26 nothing. So they yep. stink. They're gonna continue to stink. I like Robert Sala. But uh, they don't have a running game. They really only have, like, one weapon on offense. And Zach Wilson looks like a rookie. So, that's, that's yeah. about it. Seven interceptions in three weeks, and they are averaging less than seven points a game. They, are, they have more interceptions than they have, like, average points per game so far. That is atrocious. Uh, yeah, Corey Davis is their only weapon. Michael Carter – they exactly. just haven't used Michael Carter. That's the thing. Either way, though, I mean, he's he's averaging less than four yards a carry in his limited time. So it's it's going to be a struggle. It's probably going to remain the worst offense in the league. And this is probably – they're probably going to get the number one pick. Yeah. All right, let's move on to New England. Mac Jones, so far you can make a case that he's looked like the best rookie quarterback. Um, other than that, the Patriots defense has been banged up. Um, the, the, a lot of guys they 
acquired in free agency. Haven't really done much. You haven't heard much from Aguilar, John, Hunter Henry. Mac Jones looked like a rookie this week. He had a, he had multiple turnovers. One of the picks wasn't really his fault. I can't remember who it went off of, but it was kind of deflected and it turned into an interception. But there were also some times where he just – he made a couple of throws that you can't get away with in the NFL that he probably was able to at Alabama when they were paying some school a million dollars to come and get their butts kicked. So uh, I, I, it's going to happen. It's happened with every rookie QB. I mean, so far through three weeks, every rookie QB has had moments where they've just looked really bad. And that was – after a really good first two weeks, that was it for, for Mac Jones in week three. And it was against a good coach in Sean Payton. So it not not a whole lot of shock there. It's going to be ups and downs. I still think Mac Jones will probably finish the season with the least turnovers out of these starting rookie QBs, ones that play most of the season. So uh, he, he, he didn't have a great game. Saints did exactly what they needed to do. They played defense. Jameis Winston didn't do anything completely stupid. And uh, Marquez Callaway, who I reached very much on in fantasy, finally did anything. And he, he, he lives on my bench for another week. I predicted the Patriots would be a 7-8 win team. That's what they look like. There's no shame in that with their rookie quarterback, but I think that's on the trajectory they're going towards. Uh, I think they have a solid defense, but, I mean, that offense is extremely limited. And, yeah, no shame in a 7-8 win season for them. Uh, agreed. Um, let's move out of the AFC East, go to the AFC North. Let's start with Baltimore. Uh, have gotten, I think in all of Baltimore's games, they've gotten off to kind of rocky starts, but we saw in the uh, obviously Chiefs game and in the Lions game, they both kind of came back at the end. Uh, Lamar has finished games well, but he, he's had a turnover problem. And even in the Lions game, they only put up, like, what was it, 19 points? Yeah. I know the Lions so far have looked good. We'll get to them. Um, but I still would like to see more than, you know, three scores against the uh, Lions. Yeah, I don't necessarily know if the Lions have looked good, but they've looked very competitive. And that's yes. what they were. That's what they were in this one. Like you said, they got off to a slow start and, and turned the ball over, but – I got to give credit where credit is due to Lamar Jackson for picking up a fourth and 19. Uh, that game was, was coming to a oh, close yeah. right as I was getting ready to watch Minnesota. And I kind of looked away. It was just like, okay, fourth and 19. Detroit's going to get their first win. And the Ravens are going to go to one and two. And then all of a sudden, everyone starts texting that they picked it up. And that's why I turned it back on on my phone. So uh, major credit to him for standing in the pocket and picking it up. I can't remember who he hit on that play. But uh, either way, you don't there's, – there's really no good play in the playbook for a fourth and 19, but uh, John Harbaugh found it for that, for that occasion. And I know that was the whole thing with the maybe delay game penalty or something like that, but just the fact that he even hit from 66 off the crossbar is insane. And uh, maybe we see, we see Baltimore start to get on a little bit of a roll here. They've, they've survived the last – they've survived what was a tough – start of the season with a road in Vegas and then Kansas city. So maybe, maybe they get on the roll because I think it's clear that it's just them and Cleveland at the top of the North Steelers kind of stink and the Bengals are still a year or two away. Yeah. I think Baltimore, uh, I mean, they despite losing Dobbins, Gus Edwards and justice Hill, they're still the number one rushing team in football as of now, terms of yardage 
And I think, I mean, all their games have been absolutely thrilling. Talk about like a roller coaster season so far. And they've got a few tough tests coming up. They have Denver, Indy, Chargers, and Cincy. So, um, I mean, I expect this team to be a playoff team. They still look the part despite the injuries. And I'm excited to see um, maybe when – do you know when Rashad Bateman's coming back, DP? Uh, it's definitely after week six or seven. I believe uh, he's getting closer to doing some more football activity, but I could be wrong. I'm excited to see if he plays a key part in their offense going forward. I think he could be the uh, one of the like top three rookie receivers this year when he plays. Agreed. And then, yeah, uh-huh. I mean, the, the Steeler. If if I want to move on to maybe Cincy, Cincy is looks better than I thought. They had that win against Minnesota in Week One, kind of sent a statement. Um, the Chicago game, Chicago game, it's going to happen. Chicago has a good defense. I don't think they played bad in that game. They only lost by three. And then very, very good win over Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh. Uh, Like Tyler Boyd said, it looked like Pittsburgh kind of quit at the end. I agree. They had a lot of drops. Um, 80-year-old Big Ben, he looks old, and he attempted almost 60 passes in that game. So that's not going to be the Steelers' formula for winning games this year. And uh, yeah. credit credit to the Bengals' offense as well because they uh, they moved they moved the ball well. Tyler Boyd had a grown man touchdown, shaking off a couple defenders. I don't think his statement after the game about them lying down and quitting was the smartest statement against a, a team that at least over the past couple of years has really had their number. And uh, I, I could see that coming back to hurt them later in the season. So that's. That is without a doubt if the Steelers win in Cincinnati later in the season, whenever that game is. That that quote is without a doubt going to come back up. Don't forget the Bengals beat them at the end of last season, too, with that yeah. uh, big hit on Juju and ended their – that might have been the one that ended their winning streak. I can't remember. I believe it was the second or third because I believe it was Washington that gave yeah, them the first Washington. loss. But either way, it like Ryan Finley was starting, so it was it was a completely unexpected win. It's like my, for whatever reason, it was like Monday night football and like right around Christmas. And I don't think I watched it because it was two insanely boring teams. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Uh, my opinions is just uh, the Steelers are in a rough spot. I think they should have let Ben go. Um, I mean, who's their backup point? Haskins. I just. It, they're going to have to end up drafting a quarterback or finding one in free agency, um, which is going to be tough. But I, I just I don't like where the Steelers are at roster wise. Um, I think because of that maybe a guy like Tomlin ends up getting boot, unfortunately, because I think Tomlin's still a good coach. Um, and then you have uh, the Bengals. I think I, I think the Bengals. I had the Bengals being like a frisky team. I think they are going to be very competitive, especially on offense. Um, but yeah, they have they have two wins, two wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bengals have been yeah two and one for Cincy. Uh, they are definitely a little bit better than I thought. They the pa- <clears throat> pass rush against Burrow hasn't necessarily hurt as much as I thought so far. 
And their defense has been better than I thought, too. I thought this was a team that could score, but was going to give up a billion points a game. I know it's only been three weeks, and they haven't faced prolific offenses in Chicago and Pittsburgh in the last two weeks. But either way, it is an improved defense. And the one thing about Tomlin, I don't necessarily think he should be penalized because ownership wanted to run it back with their franchise guy for one more year. I'm on the same boat as you, Donovan. I think they should have moved on from Ben. But I have to believe that that was a more like uh, – Stewart's ownership being loyal to Ben and be like, hey, he wants to play with Mario, let's run it back. I don't, I, I obviously don't know, but I don't think, I think Tomlin's hands were probably kind of tied in that situation, whether he wanted yeah. Ben or not. No, that's fair. Um, and then let's just wrap it up with uh, Cleveland. Cleveland has been, I, I pick Cleveland to win the division. Cleveland's looked really good. Um, you know, Miles Garrett just had the great game against Chicago. Um, their defense, I, I like going in, and they're just going to keep running the ball with Chubb and Hunt. And, uh, you know, once the receivers get healthy with OBJ and uh, Jarvis, I think this offense is just going to keep rolling. I, that We've covered the North now, right? Yeah, we, we didn't. We, fully... we, uh, we didn't yeah. get to Cleveland. I just talked about Cleveland. Yeah, sorry, just sorry, 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 sorry. This fucking guy, you not even paying attention. No, I'm, I'm, I'm juggling multiple things at once right now. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those Browns Ravens games are going to be crazy. They don't play one Agreed. though until uh, November 28th, so that's unfortunate. But and hopefully they're both still you know around the same record at that time. Cleveland's defense has looked – I mean, they should have won that game against Kansas City. They should be 3-0 right now. Uh, I know it's the Bears, but they held them to one passing yard. They had nine sacks. I mean, even aside from Miles Garrett, who is obviously generational, um, Clowney and those guys look decent as well. Um, Greg Newsom, the corners, look solid. And, yeah, I mean, now with OBJ back, they have so much offensive firepower. And hopefully for them, Baker can uh, continue to step up his game and not make stupid mistakes. Now that I know we're talking about Cleveland, let me say real quick, Clowney making an impact is nice to see. I hope he can stay on the field for most of the year because we know about his injury problems in the past. But him and Miles Garrett form a deadly duo when they're together. And I know it was against a rookie quarterback, but that was on full display. So I'm interested to see – I'm really interested to see how a Vikings offensive line that has been much improved fares against them in week four in Minnesota because when Kirk has gotten pocket protection, he has just been lighting teams up this year. But also we've seen in the past what happens when it breaks down. So it's, I don't, that's a very intriguing week four matchup between Cleveland and Minnesota. No, I, I agree. I agree. Um, let's move on to the south. Uh, Jags have not looked good at all. And, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, who's supposed to be the next superstar, has not looked anywhere near uh, what he was supposed to be. To be fair, he does not have much help. I mean, we don't know if Urban Meyer can coach in the NFL yet. Right. Uh, I mean, Chenault has so far um, underachieved our fantasy expectations. James Robinson has been decent. I mean, they still – having ETN definitely would have helped, and that defense is still very, very bad. So it's tough for Trevor, especially when they get down in games early and he's forced to throw a lot. I mean, that game against Arizona, they looked good for a while and they had that kick six at half 
that was, I don't know if you guys saw, but that, it was a 68-yard attempt. Oh, yeah. And they took that to the house. But, yeah, this defense is not good enough. The Cardinals, I mean, kind of ran them over in the second half. And I expect them to continue to struggle. Um, I don't know if you guys thought they were going to be the worst team in the division or Houston, but, I mean, Houston certainly looks like the better team right now. Sorry, I thought you were going to say something, Donovan. No, I, I no. agree, Colin. I don't have a whole lot else to add, but uh, I, I think you're right on that one. Yeah, Houston, I mean, if Tyrod's healthy, Houston so far does look – if Tyrod's healthy, Houston is much more competitive in that in Easily. that in that uh, Carolina game for sure. It's it oh, yeah. sucks because now that Davis Mills wasn't terrible, but I like Tyrod's I like Tyrod's ability to to spread the wealth around in that offense. He's because, a game manager. Yeah, and Davis Mills is is worse than Not. a game manager. Yeah, that's <laughs> Brandon Cooks, man, Cooks has been so good. Oh yeah. Him. Yeah, he's been, and I thought his production was going to dip the last two weeks without Tyrod, but he still had a really nice weekend now. Last week with Davis Mills at the helm, so he's a guy I feel bad for. Has been traded around around so many times, but seems to at least be found a little bit of a fit in the Houston offense so far through three games. Who do yeah. you guys think? Um, I mean, the Colts are zero three two right now. Um, who do you see getting a win first, the Colts or Jacksonville? I know that's a like it sounds like a dumb question, but the Colts have to go at Miami and at Baltimore now. And I mean, do you see Jacksonville? I mean, I don't see them getting a win anytime soon, but the Colts they could easily start off 0 and 5. Yeah, I think I had the Colts starting off at 0 and 4 and yet turning around to make the playoffs. I don't necessarily think. It's because the Colts have been bad. Granted, I don't think Carson Wentz. I, I, I think I set my expectations a little high for Carson Wentz. Um, he hasn't looked up to what I thought he was going to be in this offense. Um, but still, Carson, I think this Colts team has struggled because of how tough their schedule is. They play a lot of good teams to start the year. And at some point, they're going to start playing easier games. I mean, they still got Jacksonville to play twice. Houston to play twice. I mean, I think Colts will turn it around. Yeah, but even so. when you look further into their schedule, I mean, down the stretch, they play at least six teams that look like playoff teams right now. So, I mean, even if they – I mean, they will get better, and I don't think they're a bad team, um, and they will get healthier. But I still think it's going to be really tough for them from this point on. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I would like to see uh, Jonathan Taylor get it going a little more as well. Especially they've had struggles with getting him the ball when they're in the red zone. So, got to have balance. Agreed. And the Titans, I mean, they had that – they started off terrible against the Cardinals, and then everything turned around in the second half against Seattle with that comeback win. And now they look, like, clearly, like, the best team in the division after that win against Indy. No, agreed. Um, let's move on to the wild, wild west. Um, let's, let's just start it off. Colin, talk to me about your Raiders. And tell me how, guess I was wrong. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, you were wrong, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna over, overhype this team right now because we've seen what they've done the last two years in the second half of the season. Um, 
finishing the season has been a big struggle for them. Last year, they also started off 2-0. This is their first 3-0 start in 19 years. But, yeah, the offense is a top-10 offense like I thought it would be. Um, even the surprise to me is how good their defense has been, and I hope that they can keep that up because they got Gus Bradley in place as defensive coordinator now, and he is working miracles. They picked up uh, Denzel Perriman, um, what's-his-face, Casey Hayward, like really late into free agency, and they've both been terrific. So Derek Carr looks like an MVP candidate. And, I mean, those young receivers are all shining right now. So, really hope the Raiders can keep it up. Oh, yeah. I, I agree on the Raiders thing. And they're, the last couple of games they've been winning, two without Josh Jacobs. And I've talked in multiple different teams about how having balance, having a running game is so important. I think once Jacobs comes back and they get a running game, this offense will continue to, to, to hum as good as it has been. And uh, I, I don't think – even though Miami was out there without their starting quarterback and Tua, it's still a well-coached team by Brian Flores and a good defense. So for them to win and uh, the offense put up as much points as they did was a really good sign for me. And I, I still am not completely sold on the Raiders' defense yet, but I think Carl Nassib has been fantastic. They seem to have at least a little bit of a pass rush, and I think it's going to really come down to – and later in the season, do good quarterbacks like Mahomes, like Herbert this upcoming week, attack that secondary. I think Max Crosby has been maybe the best edge rusher in football so far this year. I'm sorry. I said Carl Nassib. I meant Max Crosby. My I, yeah, I, I figured. Yes. And, I mean, Nagakwe, I mean, hopefully Nagakwe isn't out of town by week four like he was last year with the Vikings. But uh, <laughs> Nagakwe has also looked really nice. They finally have some pass rush. Um, and they're really getting contributions from all around. So even KJ Wright, the late does look nice. It's just, I mean, with no offensive line, basically, and Jacobs being out, I'm very impressed with how they handled the last couple of weeks against teams that both won 10-plus games last year. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm impressed with the Raiders. I think they're – if we're going to get to Denver in a second, but – I really like Denver's defense, but I think the Raiders are better built to beat like the Chiefs and the Chargers because I think those games will end in shootouts and the Raiders, I think, have a better shot at winning shootouts. The uh, Broncos are certified frauds. Here's I think why. So. No, they're not. Certified frauds. Yes, Teddy Bridgewater has looked good. Yes, their defense has looked good. And yes, they are 3-0, one of like, what, four teams that are 3-0? Something yeah. like that. Five. Um, five. Same fucking thing. Um, the combined record of the three teams they have played are 0 and 9. They have not played a team that has won a game yet. That is concerning to me because relatively they haven't, the run, granted, there it, it's been, it's more of a, a group. What's the running back by committee? There, boom. Um, they have more of a running back by committee, which is fine. Um, but with Judy being out, um, that puts a lot of pressure on Sutton, who didn't hasn't played, didn't play last year. Uh, Noah Fant, that's a lot of pressure on him. I just, I'm not high on this roster. Um, no, and I think I think they lose four out of their next six games too, because they really start playing some tough teams. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
I just Ben, I know you were high on them, but I just I'm not a big fan of the roster. All right, Ben's 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 got a roommate in the room. Um <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think they're a bad team. I just in this division, I still think they're the worst team. Uh I I can't see them finishing better than the Raiders or Chargers. Obviously the Chiefs, who I think are still the clear favorites to win this division despite losing to the Chargers. I think the Chiefs are going to go on a big winning streak at some point. And, I mean, the Chargers look really good. I mean, I'm scared to play them this upcoming week. They should have beat Dallas, but they had that um, – what was it like a penalty on Jared Cook? It was a dumb penalty that negated a touchdown. I think the Chargers and Donovan was right on this. I think the Chargers are going to win at least 10, 11 games this year. I was high on the Chargers, man. They're de- they're healthy on defense. Knock on wood to stay healthy. Knock on wood to stay healthy. Uh, Bosa has been solid. Derwin James is back. That's really helped them. Um, but Herbert, he's looked shaky in a couple of games. I, I wanted a little more out of him in the uh, Washington and Dallas game, but he looked great against the Chiefs. And I just think this offense is going places. I love Brandon Staley, their coach. Um, and I think they're not only, I don't know if they'll win the division, um, but I do like them to win a playoff game this year. All right, so I want to I want to go back and say a couple of things. First of all, I was kind of low on the Chargers. I think I'm ready to admit I was wrong on that. Brandon Staley, who I liked him, I just thought they were going to be like a year away. Um, he's been really good so far. Their one loss was a uh, a loss to Dallas, and Dallas is playing well. And that was essentially a road game for them. Dallas fans took over that stadium, which sadly for the Chargers, that's how it's going to be on most games, which really sucks for them in that and and having to play in that stadium with a lot of road fans. But I, I think the Chargers are legit, especially after how they played and how well Herbert played. I also am not I, – I still think Denver's legit. I, I think Denver is – even though they played bad teams, I don't think we should knock them for that because they've dominated bad teams. And their defense, I think, is good enough to where they can go 3-3 three and three or 4-2 and two over the stretch that Colin and you guys brought up over the next couple of games. I think they're good enough to hang with some of the teams like Steelers – I think they may not beat Baltimore, but I think they can hold them to a point where they're in it. Yeah, they, they play Washington. They play Cleveland. Cleveland, the same type of thing where I think they can hold Cleveland to a point to where they're in it. So I'm not De- – Denver may not be the best undefeated team, but I'm not selling them just because they played bad teams. And we'll, we'll come and revisit that statement because okay. me and Colin are both off the train. <laughs> I think, I think uh, NFC, we should kind of just do a like top takeaway from each division. Yeah. Uh, mine for the NFC East is uh, I told you so with the Cowboys. They yes, agreed. Vision. I mean, I was a little wrong about the Giants too because I thought they'd be pretty competitive, uh, but they have looked bad. I mean, they should have beat Washington if they didn't jump off sides, but still, I the Cowboys look like a top 10 team in football right now, and I think they're going to run away with this division. Yeah, I don't think there's really any other take to have with this division either, unless unless the really only team is Washington would really have to start to figure it out on defense, which they haven't. But Philly looks atrocious. 
they refuse to run the football with a running back for whatever reason. And New York is 0-3 and keeps losing on stupid ways like that. So I, I Dallas looks really, really good. Their, their one loss was a game that if they get one defense stop at the end, they win and they're 3-0. and So Dallas, like you said, Colin, will probably run away with this division unless Washington gets like really turns around on defense. Great. I, I, I don't really have much else to say. Yeah, that's a, that, that one's a pretty uh, good, pretty clear-cut division. I think, um, I mean, maybe the NFC North, there's a little more to talk about. Detroit has looked kind of – I mean, they, they, they've been competitive. I think, I think the word for Detroit is impressive. Uh, I think they're the best – the most impressive 0-3 team. I, I think they they kept it within a half for uh, uh, Green Bay. Green Bay. Uh, they came back, surging back at the end against San Francisco. And, I mean, you know, they were, they were down by, what was it, like 24, two minutes left, and they ended up losing by seven. That's, hey, that's good. And then uh, so last week, I mean, it took – it took a bounce, a fucking doink for Tucker to hit it. So, I think if they've been in every game. Most people have written them off to begin the year. Jeff Okuda, I mean, the first-round pick last year, he's out for the year. I mean, uh, they, they've looked impressive. I'm impressed by them. I think the difference maybe what we were con- – I think the difference that I've seen is that this team has – a little more fight in them than previous Lions, yes. at least so far. And maybe that's the Dan Campbell effect. They're biting kneecaps over there. They were against Love Baltimore, um, and they should have won that game. If, uh, I mean, if Tucker wasn't the greatest kicker of all time. And Goff is getting a little bit more out of those weapons than I thought he would. I mean, I know Hawkinson and Swift and Jamal Williams are all, like, established guys that can play in this league, but some of the receivers, uh, Quintus Sevis has had a couple, couple, all right games. I uh, can't really tell you any of the other receivers, but he's gotten more out of them than I thought. I think Detroit gets their first win this week and beats Chicago, which Chicago is an absolute mess. Matt Nagy stinks. Uh, and the QB carousel might just continue to go around in circles. And imagine if we see Nick Foles this week, that would be funny. I want to take a second. And talk about the Bears because I have I have an opinion, and this is going to piss a lot of Bears fans off. But here's the thing: I don't think it's a hundred percent Nagy's fault. And here's I agree. Why? Here's why: Nagy, from the point, pretty much the point they drafted, stated that he didn't want to play Justin Fields, and that's fine. The little we've seen from Justin Fields in the NFL has not looked great. Yes, the offensive line is terrible. And yes, the play calling hasn't helped him. But when Nagy is getting a shit ton of backlash for, you know, not calling the right plays for him, it's because they've worked all year for Andy Dalton guy. And Andy Dalton is not Justin Fields. Justin Fields is not Andy Dalton. You see them use Fields in kind of spot situations to run the ball, maybe to throw a quick pass every now and then that has worked. And that's how Nagy's plan was to introduce him to the NFL. Now with Dalton getting hurt, they were forced to start him against 
a, a great Cleveland defense. Let's let's just get that out of the way. Great Cleveland defense. Yes, the play calling didn't help. I just don't think Justin Fields is ready. Remember, Matt Nagy was the offensive coordinators for the Chiefs when Patrick Mahomes sat an entire season. I think I don't think this Bears team is ready. Um, I had them winning seven, eight games. I think that's a little much looking at it now. I don't think Fields is ready. If I were the if I were Bears and Andy Dalton wasn't healthy, I would start Nick Foles. I don't I, 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 don't I, I agree a little bit. I agree a little bit with what you just said. And I feel so terribly sorry for anyone that took Allen Robinson in fantasy because that has been an atrocious pick so far. Yeah, okay. I guess Donovan picked Allen Robinson fantasy because he just put a gun to his I'd, mouth. I'd love to make a trade for <laughs> Allen Robinson, Donovan. I'd, I would uh, love to, to buy low on that one. <laughs> uh, I, um, what was I going to say about the Bears? Oh, I, I, I somewhat agree. I get the fact that it's tough when they were game planning all offseason for Andy Dalton, but I just would have loved to see them get him outside the pocket more. The offensive line is not good whatsoever, and that hurts against a good pass rushing team. So maybe maybe it'll be better in terms of play calling on Sunday when they face a Detroit pass rush that is obviously nowhere near as good as Cleveland's. But um, like I said, I think the Bears is again on Sunday, no matter who's starting at QB. I think the Lions get the win, and, and they get their first win, which would then vault the Bears into last place in the North. And if the Lions do beat them, let's see. Let me, let me make sure my math is right. The Bears will be one and eight going into their bye week because they are not beating Vegas, Packers, Buccaneers, Niners, or at Pittsburgh. That is a tough um, stretch in a row. Extremely tough. And it's uh, it, it's just I I I, I got a hammer. Home. I don't think Fields is ready. He looked great in college. Remember, Ohio State when he was there was hands down by far the best team in the Big Ten, and. He looked good against Clemson, but then he looked didn't look that good against Alabama. Granted, no one looks good against Alabama. I just didn't think coming out of the draft, Justin Fields looked like the guy that was going to walk on the field day one and be the answer. I mean, like uh, the game against Cincinnati where he came in, he threw a, a really bad interception towards the end of the game that kind of put uh, Cincy back in it. And if Boro didn't throw three straight passes, three interceptions, since he probably would have won that game yeah. because of that late turnover. So I, I just – I don't think Fields is ready. I'm not willing to give up on him. I just think you need to sit him, let him learn. I mean, learning from a guy like Andy Dalton and Nick Foles, a Super Bowl MVP, I think is a great start. Um, but I, I don't think it's on Nagy. I know everyone in the state of Chicago is coming for his head. I'm not willing to give up on Nagy. That's fair. That's I mean it's it's it uh, it's gonna take uh, most of the season to kind of figure this out. So, yep. Uh, let's move on. Well, okay, we can we got to talk about the Packers, Vikings, Packers. Aaron Rodgers looks fine. Mm-hmm. I was I think I said I expected Rodgers because this is the first time we recorded since after that awful Week One performance. I was like I expect Rodgers to come out against Detroit and throw for four touchdowns. Uh, I don't know if he threw for four, but he had a pretty fantastic game and then really kind of just shredded the San Fran defense on Sunday night. I expected nothing less. So I right now, 
Green Bay is the best team in the division. I've got confidence that Minnesota can hang with them because Minnesota's offense has looked fantastic. It's just going to be if the Vikings' defense play like they did against Arizona, Rodgers will absolutely pick them apart. But if the Vikings' defense plays like they did second half against Seattle where they held them to a goose egg and the Vikings keep scoring like they have all year long, then this could be a, a tight division race. But uh, Packers right now are back on track. I don't know who they play this next week, but they, they're going to play mostly the same schedule as the Vikings, which the whole NFC North schedule is tough, so it'll make it tough on the Packers. I know they have to play the Chiefs again this year. So Packers get the Steelers this weekend. They should win that. They get the – the Packers will probably win their next four games in a row. They play Steelers. That should be a win. They should beat the Bengals. They'll blow the Bears out of the water, and they're better than Washington. So the Packers are probably going to be 6-1 and one, heading into a battle with the Cardinals and then the Chiefs. So Packers are fine. Yep. Viking, Vikings I'm high on, too. I don't Vikings wanna... I feel about as good as you po- – I said this earlier. I feel about as good as you possibly can about a 1-2 and two team because the breaks that went against them in weeks 1 and 2 – You can't expect them to go against you all year long. The offense is really damn good, and I think the defense will only continue to get better. It's a bunch of new starters that are figuring it out together, and Barr will hopefully be back in the next couple weeks, and and, and Barr's Barr's not being there on the defense should not be undervalued because he's a really good linebacker. So I only think the Vikings go up. I'm just saying this now. I think that loss against the Cardinals at at some point is going to come back to bite. Minnesota I think so wild too. card race. But That's now my they, only concern with them. Now they own a tiebreaker with Seattle, which if the Rams are keep playing as good as advertised, they'll win that division. And if it's the same type of thing in a race with Seattle, if they have the, the tiebreaker, that is huge. I totally agree. I, I I was thinking the same thing last week after the Arizona loss. Like, man, that hurts. But uh I, I I'm feeling good now that you at least have one tiebreaker against the team in the West. And they still got two more games later in the year. Thankfully, the Vikings get the Rams at home. I think that gives them some sort of a chance. Hopefully, the Rams maybe have slowed down by then, but uh, probably not. But if, if you look at the Vikings, they got Cleveland at home this week. Then they play Detroit, Carolina. They ideally go, winning those next three. I, th- I, I definitely think they're better than Carolina. I know that sounds crazy because Carolina's 3-0. You know, I think the Vikings are better than Carolina, and they're better than Detroit. Yeah. So I think they should win, and if they can beat Cleveland, that puts them in a really good spot. Yep. All right, let's move on to the South. Speaking of um, Carolina. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Carolina, 3-0, have looked really good, even with McCaffrey going down. Granted, kind of played some weak teams, kind of same thing with the Broncos, um, except, except New Orleans, but Jameis was just off. That was just – you're going to have those kind of games when uh, Jameis Winston just started quarterback. But uh, I had I had the Panthers winning like I want to say seven or eight games. I had them being very frisky, and so far that's exactly what they've been. Yeah, Pan- Panthers. I think get I I've been really good. I'll I'll let you talk mostly on this, Colin. Darnold has looked really good. Who would have thought him leaving New York would be good for his career? I will say I have them taking their first loss of the season this week against Dallas. Yep, I agree. I think Dallas is the better team, and it's in uh, what do you call it, Jerry World. So I got Dallas in that one. But Carolina definitely looks like a team that could steal a wild card. I said, I mean, I didn't have them in the playoffs, but I did say that if this was a team that could 
going in like 10 games, I would not be shocked at all. And that's just because of the talent that they have on offense. And I mean, Sam Darnold in this situation, I think Sam Darnold is, uh, I shouldn't say overhyped because it's really only Ali that I'm hearing talk about it. But uh, I think they will continue to, I mean, be soft. I just am worried about, are they able to keep this up on defense? Because so far, I mean, they've been the number two scoring defense, I believe. They're, they've only let up like 30 total points this year against three not very good offenses. And they have a lot of young pieces on defense. So if they're able to keep that up, um, even with injuries to who was it? Uh, J.C. Horn broke his foot. Yeah. Um, Panthers got to get out to a hot – because they – if you look at the Panthers in, in their last bunch of games, they play – Cardinals really to kick off the second half of the season. That's a tough game. And then three out of their last four are against Buc- Buccaneers twice and the Bills. And they will probably lose at least two out of three of those. So they got to get out to a get out to a good start. And that out of those last four, the other one's the Saints in New Orleans. So that's not a cakewalk either. And do we um, know if uh, Sam Darnold out of Southern California is a cold-weather quarterback? Will he be able to play? in situations late in the season? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he was playing in New York, so I, it's not a huge – He's playing very good in New York, though. Yeah, I know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, who else in that division? We got the Saints. I've been very inconsistent after blowing out the Packers and then losing by a lot to Carolina. And then all of a sudden last week, their defense looked fantastic against the Patriots. So – they could all, I mean, they're another team I said that's probably going to win eight ish games, eight, nine games. Um, and I kind of think we're going to see this inconsistency from them all year. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Falcons are still a football team. I think that's all we have to say about them. They beat a bad football team, and now they have one more win than they did last week. That's, yeah, uh, that's hard hitting analysis. Football talk for you. Hard hitting analysis. Um, New Orleans defense is still legit. Um, I still have questions about offense. My number one question is, why aren't you using Alvin Kamara more? Uh, I mean, a lot of Alvin Kamara's game, though, is his um, pass-catching ability. And the fact that Jameis is averaging, like, barely over 100 passing yards a game isn't huge for that. That's fair. Still, I'd like to see him involved more in that offense. Uh, I think I think Mike Thomas is going to play well with James once he comes back. I'm excited to see that. And I can't oh, believe I'm like saying – I, I was going to say that. He stole right out of my goddamn mouth. And then, obviously, the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are going to – All right. All right. I want to I say this. Obviously, Sunday night football – Potentially the most watched football game this year outside of the Super Bowl. Don't you dare be... say the Buccaneers are going to lose this game. No, okay, not at all. I, I, I just I've seen you go down this road before and then pull Whoa. something out of your ass. Amen. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm taking this. I'm taking this completely somewhere else. Okay. Brady back at New England. Bronk back at New England. Those two players. Do any of those two players cry on Sunday night? No. no video tribute. No. You say no, 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 no crime, but I think, I mean, the fans better not boo him. They shouldn't. That would be bad. Oh, they're not gonna boo him. They're not gonna boo him. Yeah, I can't. Fans booed Brady 
after winning them, what, five rings? That'd be atrocious. Six rings? Yeah, six, six. rings. Jeez. Yeah, I can't they're, not gonna, they're not going to. It's going to be an even. Um, it'll be, I'm excited to see the reception when he breaks the record because, like, Breeze had the whole thing on the field, got a certificate, his kids were there. Interested to see because Brady's always locked in. Will he want something like that now? And be like, tr- while they're all running around on the field trying to graduate, he'll try to get to the line of scrimmage to catch the defense off guard. Wait, how, how many away is he? Like 68 yards. Okay, so he's, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't he's, need he's, he's, he is going he's to break, break it. In England. That's yeah, really cool. He's going to break it. He'll probably do it on the first drive of the game. <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you he, he will know like exactly when it is, too. I kill him. He he he. I guarantee you he won't be doing the math in his head or something. It will be in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, uh breaking news: We have a trade in fantasy football. Oh Lord. Um, Alex has acquired Robert Woods in exchange for Ali's Brandon Ayuk. That is a total solo on Robert Woods. Agreed. Yeah, but I mean Ayuk. We saw him get a touchdown last week. And, I mean, maybe we should just transition into the NFC West now, but Ayuk got his first touchdown. It was really the first game he got, like, decent playing time, I think, right? And, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him as the year goes on, but he's obviously not the number one receiver there. That goes to a healthy Debo Samuel. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, the Niners, I, I, I like what the Niners are doing. Played a couple tough teams, obviously, but um, I I I I like what they're doing with Trey Lance. Um, I think Trey Lance is going to be solid in the future for them. Um, but yeah, I like what the Niners are doing. And then uh, Cardinals, Kyler is still being is just keeps doing Kyler things. Kyler, I I know you had to have been pissed when he. That big throw to Rondell Moore when he was wide open. I wasn't as pissed about that one as I was the back pedal off his back foot fade. Uh, I believe Christian Kirk. Oh, that because one as well. I mean, he's just a magician. The one, the right. one to Rondell Moore was, I believe, I believe it was a zone, and Pat Pete let uh, Pat Pete, uh, I because Pat Pete has a weekly podcast. According to him, he was supposed to get. The underneath route which i believe was deandre hopkins so he had to make a choice there and he sticks on hopkins and there's just no safety back there so that didn't that was just more uh i think of defensive breakdown and those are just going to happen so i wasn't as as pissed about that it was was where it's four down kyler's backpedaling for his life and he throws a back foot fade away that just lands right where it needs to in, in the hands of christian kirk so kyler's been insane and I hope he continues to be insane because it's it's good for football. Yeah, and Gus Johnson calling that game was that the was greatest fantastic. thing that ever could have happened. I mean, he, I mean, I, he called a lot of Kyler in college at one year Oklahoma, um, being on Fox and all. Yeah. But it's awesome to hear him in the NFL, and he Gus, called the six this week too. Yeah, Gus Johnson should only be allowed to call games with at least one good offense. Like Gus Johnson should never be allowed to call a Bears game. Oh no, <laughs> or like a Steelers game. Whatever game has the highest like uh t- projected like total, he needs yeah. to call that game. That's it's it's oh I don't and if it's not gonna be like super high scoring offenses, it needs to be someone he called in college, like like uh like Kyler, like you said. And there's other yeah. examples that I'm forgetting. My only yeah. thing for Arizona though is they gotta find a way to get Hopkins the ball more. Because I feel like the last couple weeks, I mean he had that one I'm touchdown you, beyond, 
but they got to find a way to get him the ball. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is good for DeAndre Hopkins. Me neither. I don't either. I mean, I, but however, they have found uh, a lot of production out of Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, um, even a little bit of AJ Green. So they have been getting the ball around. It's just, I mean, he's arguably the best receiver in football. You got to find a way. Uh, Seattle, I, 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 I just gotta say, I'm not a big believer in Seattle. Only I one, two. But this is a tough division. Sorry, this is a tough, tough division. And when I look at this division, I see Arizona, San Francisco, Rams. We'll get to them. I just think all three teams are not just better. I think a lot better than Seattle. I'm not hot in Seattle. I, I tried to say a second. C- uh, Seattle in three games is 13 second half points. We was like seven or so in week one, six in week two, and then zero. And in, in Minnesota against a, what's been a bad Minnesota defense, they didn't score a point in the second half. So for whatever reason, they go into the locker room and they just don't come back out. Chris Carson had a really nice first half in Minnesota, and then they don't they didn't really run the ball. I know they didn't have the ball for a lot, so they were kind of rushing to score. But uh, this this defense is bad. It's Minnesota, I believe, had the ball for like 23 out of 30 minutes in the second half. You just can't let a team control the clock for that long if you're a defense and expect to win. So Seattle's defense has really got figured out because in multiple games, they got gashed by Derrick Henry and they got gashed by Alexander Madison, and they're just letting dudes run right open over the middle of the field. You're right. I thought their defense would be better, and they looked like it week one against Indy. I thought their defense would keep it up after a strong finish the last season. Uh, that overtime loss is inexcusable. And, I mean, Russ hasn't even been bad at all. I, I don't even know if he has a turnover yet this year. Um, and, I mean, that offense has looked – I mean, they only scored, what, 16 in Minnesota? 17? 17. And they were, all, they were all within the first, like, 20 minutes of the game. Yeah. And, I mean, Chris Carson's looks solid, too. It's, it's kind of tough. I think they'll figure it out, but you're right. In that tough of a division, I'm not loving their chances to at least win it right now with how good um, Arizona and really all three of those teams look, especially the Rams. Speaking of yeah. the Rams. Uh, I, 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 I think the Rams are the best team in football right now. I do too. I have them number one. Yep. Glad we're in agreement there. It's so, it's so good to see Stafford having fun there now. Um, finally on a winning team. Cooper he, Cooper Cup is like his best friend now. He is the leading receiver in football, I think, by a lot in terms of yardage and touchdowns. And they found a run game. I'm just going to say this. When I did my preseason fantasy football projections, I had Cooper Cup as like a top six wide receiver to begin the year. And I made him literally my number one must-have in fantasy because I thought he's going to work so well with Matthew Stafford. And I've never well, that's a great so call. right in my life. God bless America. God bless Matthew Stafford. I love Matthew Stafford. So is Matthew Stafford the leading MVP candidate right now? I'd say so. Him or or Kyler. I would put. I mean, we never got to. We never got to place a bet on someone at the beginning of the year. I. I think we completely forgot about that. But yeah, I think. I think him and Kyler would have been my mm-hmm. based on their odds. Those would have been my two favorite picks. Those would have been. I, I know my dark horse was uh, Tannehill, which so far not so good. So far, 
Dark, so far away. Dark Horse, me. after week three, put a bet in on Kirk Cousins and just hope he continues <laughs> to dominate. <laughs> but uh, who did we not talk about? The 49ers? No, 49ers are very average. I know we talked I, about that. Yeah. I didn't really say a whole lot. 49ers, I think, are just very average. I, I just like the roster, and I love Kyle Shannon. Yeah. I think Kyle Shannon's a top three coach. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely it's, in the it's top un, five. It's unfair that he has a worse career winning percentage than Matt Nagy. Yes. Uh, okay, but, like, so he, – He's been decimated with injuries. Yeah. And the one year they weren't injured, he took Jimmy Garoppolo to the Super Bowl and was really one throw away from potentially winning that. And then when he was an offensive coordinator, coordinator with Atlanta, they had what some say was the greatest offense of all time. So – Say what you say. I'm a Kyle Shanahan stand. Yeah, and they have uh, they have good offensive weapons. They're, you're right. I do like their roster a lot, and I think this is a playoff team. Um, I, I God, it's tough though in that division because I think one of them is not going to make it. But I mean, Debo Samuel is a great. George Kittle is still one of the best tight ends in football, despite uh, a slight lack in production. And they found still found a way to get a decent run game despite losing their top back. Um, and I hope that they're able to get Trey Sermon more and more involved as the season goes on. Yep. All right. I think that's going to wrap up the NFL talk. Real quickly, we're going to go over baseball because there's one week left in the season and there's a lot of talk. Before we get into the AL wildcard race, Ben, I know it's going to kill us both, but we just have to mention it. How in God's green earth are the St. Louis Cardinals pulling this bullshit again. I I cannot believe that they just decided to have one of the craziest stretches of all time right when like they they were bare they were under 500 or if, if they weren't they were right at 500 and they never had like good like one of their best stretches of the season was like going like 10 and 6. Like they weren't putting together great stretches of baseball and it was like is this team capable of doing anything else than just winning three and losing two and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden they, Adam Wainwright is insane. Full props to Adam Wainwright. He's been awesome this season and the offense has put it all together. Harrison Bader is having one of his best stretches of the season. If not his career, he just won, I believe player of the week, Paul Goldsman, Nolan Arenado are carrying that offense. Oh, also I can't forget. They're not the only ones carrying that off. And Tyler O'Neill has just decided to go absolutely insane He's probably one Cheating of the best. Lab. He's probably one of the best left fielders <laughs> in baseball at this point. He's uh he's not better than Jesse Winker, but he's really damn good. And uh, I, yeah, I th- that's all I have to say. I, I think what's going to suck most is that I think it's fair to say they're going to grab that second wild card spot. At this uh, the, point. They would have to lose out. Oh yeah, they would. Yeah. I, I've as, as someone as the, the, <laughs> the one team that's trailing them. I've I've done my research, and the Cardinals would have to lose out, and then either the Reds or Phillies would have to win out. Yeah. Um, yeah. If they I, I just, Dodgers in a wild card, it, it's right. Oh, oh, I, yeah. Donovan's Wi-Fi just yeah, went out the window for a second. <laughs> um, it, I, I Honestly, it, it's crazy to say, but if they can keep playing as hot as they do, if they did it in 2011, and I just saw it on Twitter a couple minutes ago, it, 10 years ago today, was what I think the greatest sports day in history, the final day of the 2011 MLB season. Have you guys seen that video before? I've seen – I've done extensive research on that day of baseball. 
So yes, it is insane. And the Cardinals did it then. Recommend anyone who hasn't seen it go on. It's like it was like an ESPN doc or something. It's like an hour long, and it's well. They have they have a they have a shorter version where it's like 11, 12 minutes, something like that. Either way, they're both incredible. Oh yeah, um, but they did it ten years ago where they beat the Astros, who ended up winning the NL Central that year, I think. Right? No, No. that was the Brewers. No, they beat so they beat the Astros. And then the the Braves lost the Phillies, so they got the only wild card spot at the at that point in history, and they eventually won the World Series. So it, honestly, it, it, it's happened before. It kills me to say it, but what hurts even more is that if the Dodgers lose the Cardinals, there's no doubt in my mind Arenado stays with St. Louis because I still have my doubts. I haven't. I I hardly see Arenado smile in that boring ass. Red and gold, and that bullshit ass arch for those fucking Cardinals. I want to I, 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 I move so on. Much. I hope Max, right, right, I right. hope Max Scherzer curb stomps them into the ground. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, the AL wild card race. Holy Toledo! That's uh, <laughs> it. Just gets better and better. It, it, it's insane, and I cannot wait. I, I, I'm going to try and watch every game. I mean, the Astros and or the A's and Mariners play each other a bunch. I mean, you got the Yankees and Blue Jays playing. For those who aren't aware, uh, there are five teams competing for two spots, and they're all with two and a half games of each other, like six or seven games left for each of them, something like that. And, I mean, they actually play each other. We're, so it's, We're all rooting for Seattle, correct? Yeah. Uh, Yes, I hope so. I, I, I want Seattle I want, and Toronto for me. Yes, Seattle yes. and Toronto is what I want. But if I had to put my money on it, I would say Toronto, and I guess New York. Even though I think Boston's, it just Boston getting swept by the Yankees really hurts because I, I think that Boston team is built for a wild card game. But man, oh man, they. They, they blew it against New York. Okay, but Boston's going to win probably five of their last six or at least four this of their last true. six. That um, is true. I, 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 I don't know, man. Can I, I don't think Tampa's going to lie down since, I mean, they already have the one seed locked up. I don't think they're going to lie down. I think they're going to play the Yankees tough in those last three games, try and spoil it. I don't, the, think, the, I don't just, think the they want the Yankees in the playoffs. Yeah, I was going to say. That's what, I don't think no, Tampa I know, wants I think I think they're gonna. I think Tampa's gonna try and spoil their season. Those last three games, they're not gonna make it easy on them. Agreed. Yeah. I, if just give it to me straight, who are your two wild card teams? New York and Toronto. Sadly, as much as I want, as much as I want, uh, Seattle. But Seattle had a really electric win last night. They're only a game and a half out, but New York's won six in a row. They're hot, and I'm gonna take Toronto. I can't remember one because I know we did it our two teams last time. And I can't remember which two I said. I, I said Boston and Toronto, and I'm going to stick with it. I, th- I want to say Toronto was one of the two, but I can't remember who else. So Yeah. I'm, wait, DP, I thought you said New York. Yeah, but then I remembered they play the Orioles and Nationals to finish the season, so I switched yeah. it. I'm officially switching it. I was also going to say Boston and Toronto, and I'm going Toronto and the Yankees because fuck the Yankees. Fuck and the Yankees. Yeah, Colin doesn't, Colin doesn't want to see the Yankees in the ALCS because the Yankees have had their way with the – Sox. No, I do want to see the Yankees. If I mean, I don't want them to make the playoffs, but 
I would actually love that matchup because um, I just want to shut them the hell up. And I think the White Sox have the better roster, just no experience. So we'll see what happens there. Have the Astros clinched their division yet? No. No. Okay. Gotta so be there's still a chance Seattle can win the division. If the Astros, like, lose out, then yes. because they're, still- they're four and a half up on Seattle. Okay. So not great. Um, but they had – so the Astros are at 91 wins. Chicago's at 89. Is there a chance Chicago can get that two seed, you think? Probably. Probably once Riley O'Brien shuts down the White Sox night in his MLB debut and the White Sox lose, then, then not. <laughs> okay, yeah, the Sox are only two and a half games back of the Astros, and we get Cincy and Detroit, so hopefully um, we can finish strong. And, I mean, Houston still has Tampa. And who was the other team? It was a – it might be Oakland. It was someone in the division. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, there's a chance. I mean, there's a chance. I wouldn't bet it. But I think – and I'm trying to be as unbiased as I could be. because I'm not high on the White Sox, but I'm going to be as unbiased as I can't be. Whoever has the home advantage in that series, I think, is going to win it. The AL? Yeah, or no. Uh, the ALDS. Series. Yeah, okay. that series, Astros and White Sox. Probably. Yeah. I'm trying to be I'm as so unbiased. Very, very big on a healthy Carlos Rodon. Yes. Yeah, that, that's the big uh, question right now. He's, he starts it's, tonight or tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, if he looks good tonight, it could determine, you know, how we use him in the playoffs. And I'm hoping – He's, he's going to look good against Cincinnati. Cincinnati can't hit a lefty, so. I hope. I mean, it's not even – I think as much about performance. I mean, I think he's going to have a solid outing, but, I mean, it's just how far he can go without, you know, and how his arm feels. I hope it goes well, and I hope he's able to start one of those first three games against Houston. And I think that's going to wrap up this episode of the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Remember, go follow us on Twitter. Like the podcast. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a great review. And we are going to be pumping. We're going to be continuing to try to pump out more and more content. See you, boys.